Welcome to Scent 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Matthew, I believe that our guest that's on today is the closest that I'm going to get to having Jordan Peterson on the show. Probably. I think I I hit it right here. We've got my version of Jordan Peterson in the house. Definitely a successful, right? Oh, more so. More so, yeah. This is a well-read man. (laughs) Well-versed, as they say. Yeah, and well-versed. Chris George, thanks for being here today. Mm, The the compliment is overstated. There's no way. (laughs) I even hold a candle to that gentleman. He is rather amazing, isn't he? Rather. Very unique. Very unique. Tell me something you've learned from Jordan Peterson. Oh, his passion for, which is really, and I've heard these stories how it's unpacked to where, I, I think Charlie Kirk said it when he was in town visiting, that he's asking and talking and teaching biblical things, which he has for a long time. But it looks like he's coming to or has come to a actual personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, And that's so exciting for me because I've seen him have the heart to speak to specifically young men and talk to them about things that nobody talks about and encouraging them and saying silly things like walk completely upright and hold your head up and put your shoulders back and life's going to be hard. And so if you think otherwise, you need to prepare yourself that you need to be, I forget the exact quote, but you need to be an absolute force that has the ability to moderate your strength. Mm -hmm. You need to be a warrior with a gentleness of a dove. Mm -hmm. So you don't retract from a fight that needs to be fought. You lead when you need to be, need to lead, yet you're you, it's a controllable force. Yeah. So you're not going off the handle. And one thing when I watch him, I don't hear any hate. Mm. I hear there's debate for sure. And he's full on. He's in and he's not a sissy. None of that. But I don't hear the, the hatred and the things that push people away in the really important conversations that he has. But I know that you've introduced a lot of people to him. You and I have shared people, I think, that we mentor. Mm-hmm. It's something, I don't know, do you have much time for mentoring these days? I know you're a busy uh, guy. It's, it's a regret right now. Yeah, yeah. there's no space. Yeah. So one of my themes for next year would be relationships. So I am actively working on that because I need to create space. And I think that's what happens when you get really busy in business. Like, whoops, I've lost this one element that I was built to do, that I have a calling for, like mentoring. So I get it. It's a big thing and finding a way to fit it in. God bless mm-hmm. you on that. Going to have to make it a priority. And so it's just that this next decade, I'll be 60 in May. And so that's one of the things I really want to work on is the relationships. And then the other part, the theme for 24 is do the work. So there's always work to be done in a sense of not necessarily the job, but it might be personal or you're reading your quiet time, your spiritual development, your family. It might be relational because I could stay at home or read a book. I don't need the people interaction. That doesn't feed me, so it doesn't come natural. But I have such a heart for the young men yeah. specifically, young families, young men that I want to pour in. Well, let's let's go to the beginning. How did Jesus capture you? How it was interesting. Our life growing up was extremely unstable and heightened focus on materialism. And so God used that to shape these holes in me that only he could fill. I grew up Catholic. I think Maxwell's quote is Christers. We'd go on Christmas and Easter. I've heard that one. But we'd have dinner with Father 
O'Sullivan or whoever it was. We knew him. We lived in Alpine. And it just, I could just sense that something's not quite right. Even as a kid, this intuition about people that weren't completely, and I can't judge motives, but completely where their actions didn't line up with what they said they believed. Okay. With teachers, with in the church, et cetera. I smelled something that was funny. And so it didn't line up. And my mom and dad's life didn't reflect. They weren't born again. So in my teen years, it really starts like tugging on me, asking questions. And we go on this road trip and there's two places in particular. I'm a teenager, late teenager. But if I, I back up to the instability part is I think we had 20 moves before I was 20, different houses. Oh, and we had 12, I had, my sister and I had 12 schools before I graduated high school, different schools we attended. And so Jesus, God just created this, this need in me that I really craved some stability and some answers because it was always topsy-turvy. And so these trips, we wind up going to, uh, on a road trip with my folks and um, Oklahoma, we stop in Oklahoma to see, say hi to some of my mom's family. I'm a teenager at this point. Um, 15, 16, I don't remember exactly when. And, um, and we stop and the motorhome breaks. So we're not there for the day we're supposed to be there. We were there like four days. And so they said, Hey, why don't you come with us to a baptism? And there's, and I come to find out post and I've, I'm staying in contact with them. There's this like long heritage of Christian, uh, they're a long heritage of Christians and this faith legacy, so to speak. Oh, yeah. And so once you come to this baptism, so what is that? What is that? And you could just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Had no idea, right? Wow. Grew up Catholic, kneel, stand, kneel, stand. Yep. And, and I'm not bashing Catholic, so we just no didn't way, have the right yeah. space. So I just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then on the departure, she hands me this Bible and just said, Harry, you should read this as we're leaving. I remember getting in the motor home and my aunt and uncle. It was the best time. Wow. And so I just felt this real peace there. And it's just like God was just dropping these little seeds along the way. A little further on that trip, same trip, we wind up in Quebec, Canada. And I've always had my, one of my favorite songs ever is Amazing Grace, right? I like the story, the origin, the atrocities that happened, how that came. Anyways, I just love. And then the, the grace, God's grace. We go to this church in Quebec. I don't even remember the church. I got to figure that out. Debbie was asking me recently, what was it? Where was it? And it was known for miracles. And in the back are all these crutches and all these splints. Like the whole wall, it's littered floor to, I can't remember how tall up the ceiling, but the whole back of the church, in a Catholic church, right? These things are mausoleums. And there's things, and then the so they had a guest singer. I don't even know what they call them in the Catholic church. And she sang Amazing Grace in French. Didn't understand a word of it. And... Just made me weep. I could feel the Holy Spirit. Wow. wow. Super powerful. And then one day, some guy invited to a meeting. I'm in my 20s now, and I moved out. And he says, hey, why don't you come to this meeting with me? And in the content of the meeting, the guy brings up, and it's sales-related. And he says, you know, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're going to miss out on all the rest of this. You might get this, the material things, but you're going to... And he gave an altar call, and I went forward. Just <laughs> at a business meeting. At a business wow, meeting. I like this. I like this a lot. so cool. Had no idea what that was. Didn't know what I did. After, there was no, like, here, come talk to us. Here, we're going to give you a Bible. Here, we're going to put you on an email chain so you can get your questions entered and plug you in. So I went home, and that was, like, in San Jose, I think, up northern California, central California. So I drove home a few years later. And, and in that time, I wound up selling a guy a car. 
And he became a friend and I moved into him when I moved out. I moved in with him when I moved out of my house with my parents. And I started asking him a bunch of questions. He said, hey, why don't you come to Horizon? Just random. I had no idea. He was a Christian. I wasn't a Christian or I didn't think I was. And then it became clear what, what I did at that business meeting. And But God had just put these drops in these people in our path yeah, along the way. Rad. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's rad. It's so important. And so many times when we're having conversations, people that are listening don't understand you're that person in the story. Mm-hmm. You're the guy with the Bible. You're the guy that says, hey, why don't we, that's the role. And we water and we seed and we fertilize sometimes. Yeah. And it's really important because you don't know the impact that you're having on somebody's life just by playing the part that you're supposed to play. Mm-hmm. So where did it go from there? So plugged into church. And by the way, just as a com- comfortable circle, I think just recently in the last three or four months, I texted my aunt and Carol. I think all the kids were over at the house. We were celebrating something, and everyone knows the Lord, and they're all still there. And I just shared with her the impact Man. of that, hey, hand you the Bible, and what the what it's done to the legacy. Where it went from there, we just plugged into Horizon. Debbie and I were dating at the time, and I, I, I didn't know any better. She moves down from, she graduated school, and she grew up in Hollister. She moves down and stays with a friend of mine's wife, his mom, and rents a room, gets a job. Then we move it in together. I'm thinking, all right, that's what you're supposed to do. So I'm going to Horizon a little bit, don't really understand the whole thing. We jump into a a home group, and they you guys are living together? Yeah, we're living together. You can't do that. (laughs) And we're engaged, right? And so you can't do that. Okay. So I find a room to stay. The, the home group leader say, Hey, I got a room. You can stay here and rent to you. Put Debbie in a, in a wow. place. And, or we had a place. I moved out six months before our wedding, something like that. Eight months before our wedding. I can't remember. Parents went sideways, right? Both sideways. Like you guys are engaged and you're moving out, right? It doesn't make any, yeah. trying to honor God. Yeah. Can't really. Anyways. Oh, cool. Like somebody, somebody confronted what you were doing in a way that you responded to it, and you actually had the courage to do it. Because so many people are saying, don't say anything, man. You're going to mess up the relationship. Don't do that. Why would you keep the truth away from somebody who's important to you? And then you could have gone a million different ways too, right? Sure. Or Debbie could go, excuse me? Mm-hmm. All of that couldn't happen, could have happened and didn't. Mm-hmm. So it gave, gave a sort of an early foundational depth to our relationship because he provided, how am I going to pay to rent? Blah, blah, blah. How am I going to do this sure. or do that? The same thing with tithing. How am I going to do it? And sure enough, faithful. So we plugged in Horizon, got in the home group. And uh, when Travis came along, we moved out to East County here and wanted to be closer and wound up coming to Foothills after trying a lot of churches, which if you're looking for a church, that uh, that is so hard to find a good church. You yes. don't really know what you're involved with, so you've been there a minute. But anyways, Foothills was fantastic. The thing that was the glue is the very first day we sat down, I got Travis in my arms, Debbie sitting next to me, Dave Hoffman comes up, puts his hand on my shoulder and said, I'm glad you guys are here. No way. Wow. Noticed us. We're, this is yeah. the senior pastor of the church. Yeah. Senior yeah. pastor of the church. Founding. Yeah. Founding pastor. And it was the glue. It was like, yeah. And so in the hit. And you yeah. guys have been tight for tight. a long time. Yeah. Long You're a very good friends. He counts you. Yeah. As, as a best friend, man. Yeah. So that was, was powerful. But that was the glue. And we just. Knew we had to be there on Sundays and do what God wanted. And we wanted to grow spiritually. So it's it's been fantastic. That's Got so plugged cool. in and stayed plugged in. I want to know how your faith informs your business and how it informs your commitment to your community. 
because we have another newer group of young businessmen. We accidentally named it Business and Burritos because that seemed to be what was going on. <laughs> and we'd meet together once a month. And all we wanted to know about was all your failures. We wanted to know because every man in that room looked up to Chris for the success that um, has been the flavor of his business career. And uh, so we said, yeah, tell us how you failed and what you learned from it because we're all going to fail. Mm -hmm. So that was that one. And that was a great time together. We did it with a few other people too and learned a lot. Mm -hmm. But when you and I talk and when we do things together or when somebody's talking about you, your commitment to God and your business, a tricky business, I think, mm -hmm. for that to happen. Mm -hmm. And then in, in your involvement and commitment to the community, I want you to talk a little bit about that. Like. I don't know where it came from, but I, I can remember way back uh, when I was a kid and we, we lived in Alpine, we, we'd go to the Mother Goose Parade. And I see all these floats coming down the street and you've got politicians and you have the high schools and you have businesses support things. And I just felt like this real sense of community. It like resonated with me, even as a young man, young boy. And I said, I want to do that someday. Like I had a heart to do that. And then- Fast forward many years later, you combine that, and then I can remember Dave Hoffman, pastor of a church, calling out Mike LeBon one day at church and saying, hey, what have you learned through, and it was actually in the congregation. Dave was at the pulpit, and I think it was around <laughs> tithing or Dave Ramsey, not Dave Ramsey, back before him, Larry Burkett. Yeah, it is. Anyways, and how he's able to give an impact in the community and the church through business. It's a form of ministry. So I think one of the biggest things I've learned at the age I'm at now is, gosh, how many mistakes I've made. Because I've been way too hard on a lot of people that worked for me for a long time because I always had this standard, wanted to achieve the standard, and every, not everybody else has. And I, I needed to be, I needed the edges knocked off of me. And that's happened. God seems to have a way of doing that. But my ideal, the ideation of having people in church do business with people in church and then we're doing business in the community and then giving back to the church because that cycle just continues to propel itself through in foothills at the onset when i went to kia in 2010 i can't tell you how and i've shared this a couple of times but not very often that how instrumental foothills you kevin miller dave hoffman mark hoffman some of the other guys on staff jim dealing in pointing people to come visit us at the store and buy cars. <laughs> I bet. Because that's what we did. It was huge. <laughs> Back then, I could handle every single transaction. So I was like uber confident where we do a deal, we make it easy because I was personally involved. It's gotten a lot more complex as we grow, yeah. which is always my fear. And anybody heads that way, I want them to call me first. I want to tee it up. So we hire, we employ 270 people. I got a handful of believers. I got a lot of heathens. We teach standards, but it... There's a second law of thermodynamics is everything's in a constant state of deterioration unless there's an outside force keeping it contained. And I'm my out, that outside force and I have a couple of key people in, in that little sphere. But anyways, I had this ideation that, man, if, if we could do business with each other and we could vote with our pocketbook of who we support. Yep. And this is way yep. before what's going on now, yeah. the public square advent and some of the things where do business with like-minded people. We not only strengthen the, the believers, the, the men in the church or the women in the church that have businesses that can provide services to us, if we just take a minute and go to Pat and Sarah Neal instead of go to Starbucks, and 
I don't want to support Starbucks, right? I don't want to support Target. And so I'm going to do business with people that value what I value and pour into that community because it's going to help them. And then they're going to employ people. It's like this giant pyramid scheme you get to be a part of, but it's not a scheme. And in doing that, you have the resources to either help YV or help pick something with some of the causes over the years of, of giving back, whether it's talent, time, or treasure. And it really doesn't matter which one of it is because all three are needed. And I just think it's a huge privilege to be able to do business in town and have a community that does business with you and take care of the community. That's the evolution. I don't know if I answered your question, but I just really like the concept of being able to, we can do so much more together than we can do independently. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, it answered my question, but it got me more questions. <laughs> a few weeks ago, maybe several weeks ago, our mutual friend, Mayor Bill Wells, who's running for Congress, we were talking and he was going, before COVID, we coordinated, Foothills coordinated a group of pastors that would weekly go to only not to lobby him, not to ask him for favors, but to pray for him before the city council meeting. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many cities have a mayor who asks for prayer of 100,000 more in the city of El Cajon. And he's been such a leader. But we start talking about things that we used to do. Before COVID, we go pray for him. COVID undid a lot of things. He goes, we should do that again. Mm -hmm. and, I, and then I start talking to him about the National Day of Prayer, the mayor's prayer lunch that we play together on mm -hmm. and enjoyed. And so in this, and I hope that somebody in another state or another city picks this up, we got all the mayors together to talk about the perceived needs and the actual real needs of each one of their city here in the East County area. And then we would pray for them and we would pray for those needs. Mm -hmm. And not all of them were Christians, but they came because a lot of Christians came. We had hundreds and hundreds that would come to this. And he said, well, we should do that again. Mm. So let me ask you the why of that, okay? Because that's not you, and I do the same thing. My, my tiny little wallet speaks for me and people who are like-minded with me. Mm -hmm. I, that's where I spend my money. But this isn't about spending your money. What do you get out of a mayor's prayer lunch? What drew you into that? Because when we first did it, I don't think you were involved. I wasn't. And then you took the whole thing over and uh, did a great job with it. And it was, could have been COVID again that undid that. Why'd you get involved in the mayor's prayer lunch? And, and what, what, what was the impetus for that? I think there's a lot of idealism in my thinking. It's tempered a little bit to the appreciate some of the Mike Cronlick questions of what are the impediments, not just the go the switch on factor. But Mark Hoffman said it at one of the meetings. He says, God, business, and the church. Yeah. Uh, not God, no. Government, God. business, and the church. That's it. Was a quote. And government gives the permission. Business funds the projects, and the church has the hands, the mm -hmm. feet and hands of the people to do whatever event we set our minds to or thinks worth worth fighting for or lobbying for or needs that need to be met. And that just really resonated with me. And that's back to the community thing. That's all the way back to the Mother Goose Parade of where just something in me is working together with a group of people for a common goal and even stronger motivation is a common opposition to make things better. I don't know what principle it is to be. That's a kingdom principle. Yeah. And it just, it's the whole concept of somebody's life getting better or a group of people's lives getting better or being an outreach to these mayors that don't know the Lord or 
and, and just getting to know people in the community because decisions get done through conversation. And policy and legislation, that's a whole other, con- but you can still have conversation. And then you're aware of what's going on with how people vote and through your proximity and relationships, you get to know what's behind the curtain a little bit with people. And so that was a motive for mine is understanding the political game and how things get accomplished in the cities and state and feds and stuff like that. But anyways, it was is really the heart of the community. I was just reading today and I thought this is going to be for this conversation. So I'm going through Mark Hoffman's Tree of Life, eating from the Tree of Life devotion. So Sylvia and I go through that together. And it's in Jeremiah today where we were at, and it was the 50th chapter, okay. 50th chapter. And it's actually about praying for the city that you're in mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. They're, the city's welfare is your welfare. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, you're going to be here a while. So plant <laughs> and grow. And I thought, you know what? This is true. We need to bless the city that we're in. And people will come to saving grace by us working together to accomplishing a mutual good, whether the person's an atheist or not, because they see you do good work. Mm-hmm. They see you're competent. They see you're trustworthy. Like Covey's speed of trust, mm-hmm. that's a, a key to me. Mm-hmm. I know in this community who rolls up their sleeves and who does good work. So I think that's so critical that we need to understand that there is a warfare that's going on. There's some people that are after our kids. There's yeah. some people that are have got this place turned upside down. Yeah. But those human beings, not the apostles of hatred and idolatry and sin, but the real people, we can have differences. We were once far from Jesus as well. Mm-hmm. And we can go accomplish great things together. And in the work, they might see Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and we've seen that here. Unlike any other city that I know. That, you know, came a pretty good relationship with Mayor Wells. Um, and, you know, over the years, and just recently we had a fundraiser for him in our house. And Neil's there and this couple's there and he start talking and winds up leading this couple to the Lord <laughs> at, a, at a political fundraiser. Right. He's a it cool came, guy too. So cool. You, you'll like this guy, Matt. You'll like him. Yeah. So, you know, Corey and Lauren and uh, they have the gun shop here in town. Great couple, brand new Christians and sitting next to him at church. So, it's, you said it a minute ago, it's those little seeds, right? We plant along the way. And I think working's a part of that. If we're believers and we work, I think our number one rule should be to make our boss's job easier. That's right. And you could pray for grace and favor, but if you really serve him or her, you wind up being a testimony. Yep. So now I'm getting questions from, haven't done that always. So I'm, as a, as a personal person, I haven't done it always. And, I, and, but now I'm getting questions from the guy I work for about, Hey, what about this? Hey, what about that? And just planting seeds. It's the long game. I think yeah. as Christians, and I want to talk politically, I won't talk politically, but in our political leanings, it would be Republican or conservative, is that we don't think the long game. We need to think the long game. Yeah. Because the opposition, they're thinking the long game, and they're playing the long game, and they're on a single sheet of music. And Yeah, uh, yeah they are. Part of the strength of the independent conservative is they're independence and yeah. which creates not always the best team player but anyways thinking longer term and whether you're working and you want to advance whether you're in a political fight or you want to run for office or whether you're just a, a citizen that is passionate about what's going on just think the long game god's in control yeah and well and i think in in combination with that jenny steckler was on the show a while back and she's with uh, very active with turning point usa and my question to her was, how do you fight hard 
how do you fight the battles that you have to fight and still love the people that think very differently than you do? I think she's a good example of that. She's a great example. And one of, a friend of mine, Eric Anderson, shared. I like Eric Anderson. He says, he, he talked about everybody's created in the Mago Day, which you've heard that if you've gone to church any amount of time. Everybody's created in the image of God. And so if we look at it through, and I hadn't, if I look through it in that paradigm, regardless of what you believe, you're creating, you're, you, I value you as a person. Yeah. I value, and, and so I think that's an important perspective because I see too many Christians that are too critical, too judgmental, too critical, myself included. So I'm always working on that to issue more grace. It didn't mean acquiesce, but certainly we ought to be the light in the room, not the guy trying to put the fire out, that's the flame point. out. Yeah. Anyways. So let me ask you this. You personally, what's the Lord saying to you for this new year that we're entering into? Yeah, the theme, really do the work and relationships. We're 35 years of marriage. I'm going to be 60 in May. I mentioned that. And what's the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years look like? God willing, we have them together. And so how do I become more intentional? More intentional as a grandparent, more intentional as a husband, more intentional as a father of adult children. I want to keep growing and learning and then add value when I'm asked to be there. They also want, I said earlier on, brought up an instability. I want to create a sense of stability. Mm. So not bouncing around, not knee-jerk moves, micro changes, not macro. And really just read a book recently called Atomic Habits by James Clear. So oh, I read that, yeah. Great book. It is one of the premises in there, principles in there is 1% improvement per day. And in five or 10 years, you're going to be surprised where you are. He proved it. He really did. Yeah, it's a good yeah. book. So it's fantastic read if you're a reader or a leader. I've got one final question for you. I work with somebody really special that does good work too, and you're married to her. What have you learned from Debbie George? Early on, early on, much to my, I'm, I'm, I'm actually ashamed to say it, she would say something, and I don't know if this happens in every marriage, and I would just, hey, you don't know anything about business, or you don't know anything about this deal, or you don't know anything about that deal. And as time's gone on, her intuition is just spot on. So I've learned to appreciate it. And then through the Strength Finders, also recognize, why are you thinking that way? I'm thinking go, you're thinking wait. <laughs> and so I've learned to really have an appreciation for her. And then she's got this capacity to just connect people and get things done. Oh my gosh, she's good. Really good at it. And she's got a, a business that she does out of the house and it's turned more into a ministry. These ladies show up and they do some skincare stuff and she winds up ministering to them and some are believers, some are not. And it's just the ability to be a mom, be involved in the community, find her way. She didn't work outside of the house, but man, she works, right? She's like w with purpose in serving people in the church, people in the community, has gotten involved politically a little bit with me, and then our family. As a family, we don't have 50 grandkids like you do, Kevin. Not, not yet. We have two. But anyway, so it's just new season, and she's plugged in and doing great. So I guess what I've learned is how much bandwidth she has in yeah. certain areas and how good she is at connecting with people and keeping things going and events with the family and relationships with her friends, right? They're so faithful. That's part of this relationship thing for me. So faithful to just go do coffee. Yeah. To me, in my, my old days, it's just a waste of time. Now, Chris and I used to have a, a standing monthly appointment 
and I think, unless you're faking it, we have a genuine mutual love and respect for each oh, other. Oh, yeah. You can see and it. I think out of the year, we might have made it three times. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> didn't work. It did not work. didn't work because we both have some kind of catastrophe and we know the other guy's going to understand. Yeah. Right? So we had grace Because he probably has other. one going on at the same time. Yeah. yeah. We had nothing but grace for each other. It never was a slight or anything. But yeah, that was fun. That's that hilarious. Fun. We efforted. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you don't want to do certain things and- um, some gives, right? Some yep. gives and be more intentional in what doesn't, what I won't get invaded upon if at all possible. Yeah. Super cool. Same for me too. Matt, I want to uh, do two things. One is I would like you to say, just let us know in this conversation, what's 2024? What's the paramount thing that the Lord is calling you into? For me? Yeah, personally. I think the Lord's calling me into doing more ministry and being more intentional and one-on-one with people. My heart for people, like I'm just... Uh, it's exploding. So I think that this year, I think my ministry is going to explode. I know. So I can see that. I got to tell you, you're one of the most encouraging, compassionate people I've ever met in my life. Mm, nice. Debbie George has got to step on you, but she runs the compassion That's ministry. Okay. So there's that. I uh, thank you for spending time. Thank you. I really do. Call me anytime. Any, about any, so you got to call. We were sitting here. So I got a young lady that we mutually know somebody and she's having trouble and even mechanical. It's just it's a ministry to be able to help. Sure. Sometimes yeah. we're stuck. I don't don't always have the best news if a motor goes or something like that. But we can help in a lot of quick cases, or at least get you the information and make a good decision. And you know, my goal is not to sell, just to fix. Yeah. No. And that's real life. That's true. Before you, I had never bought a car from anyone that I would ever buy a car from again. Hmm. And then I met you. You dropped off my wife's car personally in the driveway. Said Mike LeBond doesn't want it. You want it, <laughs> and I did want it, and it was great. And that's why I sent you every countless. I, I don't. I've lost track. I'm grateful for and, that. And you know what? If you didn't do good work, we'd still be friends. I just wouldn't send you anyone. I send you people because not, not just because we're friends, because you do good work. Yeah. And I appreciate you. Likewise, very much. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.